I'm Lindsay Maloney, and this is the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I built a six-figure coaching business while raising my three babies and working a nine-to-five, and I'm here to help you break free from the hustle mentality that's been holding you back from reaching your full potential so you can know your worth, step into your own power, and of course, book your dream clients. Welcome back to another episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. We are with Maria today and she is dropping so many knowledge bombs when it comes to SEO and converting our traffic into clients. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Maria, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to visit with you today. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience and just tell them what you do and who you serve. Sure. So my name is Maria Bentz and I own MBM Agency and we're a digital marketing company that specializes in creating profitable websites. And we do that through having a good design, of course, and then also we really focus on SEO, making sure that your website is found on Google. And then when your customer actually gets on your website, that your message really resonates with your potential client. I knew that this was going to be a great episode because I think there, like, there's three things that stand out to me right when you were speaking was we need a website that looks good. And mm-hmm. then we also need to actually work for us. Mm-hmm. I think step one is always the fun part, making the website and making it look cute and all of the branding and all of that. And then I think that's where everyone like stops. Yeah. Right. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Even even designers, I've realized, because I've been designing websites for almost like 10 years, kind of within the industry. And I've noticed even designers, they really focus on, you know, creating a pretty website. And it's very exciting. And all marketers are like, oh, you need a website to get started. You need a website to get started. But that's all they say. And then people get a website design, they put it out there, and then they like hear crickets. And mm. there, a lot of people feel like, oh, there's no point in having a website, but really it's because it was done the wrong way. Okay. So I want to know what is the wrong way and can you share with us some things? Because I'm sure everyone's probably thinking about their website right now and wondering, maybe they are getting the traffic, but nothing's Mm -hmm. converting. I think that's a, that's a very common problem. So let's talk about some wrong um, things, some red flags. Yeah. So for converting traffic, we actually came up with this homepage formula that we have. And it basically, so when someone comes onto your website, it's like, you know, Instagram, they say when someone goes onto your Instagram and they see your feed in your bio, they have like five to 10 seconds to decide whether or not you're a good fit for them. So when someone goes onto your website, specifically your homepage, or if you have like a landing page, it really needs to capture that person's attention for that person to be like, oh my gosh, yes, she's serving me. She's talking to me. I have this problem and she has the authority to help me. So you really got to capture them. So I like to say that the homepage should be almost like a brochure that is of your company. And we have this seven section um, homepage formula and it basically starts off with the very first thing that they see is you know like a header picture and a tagline and the tagline is very similar to like that instagram i help statement so you're saying who do you help who do you serve 
So that person who is seeing it like, okay, yes, I resonate with this. This is what I need. But then moving forward down, you kind of, I like to touch on pain points, right? So for instance, for us, we're a website design company. So our tagline is like, we help service-based businesses create profitable websites. And then right underneath, when I'm talking about the pain points, I'm like saying like, you know, are, is your website not being found on Google? Are you getting traffic on your website, but you're not getting any leads coming through? So I'm kind of asking questions that will make the viewer be like, oh yes, I am going through this, right? So then once I capture their attention with that, then we go down the line and kind of builds authority. So I like to show either maybe some stats of maybe how long you've been in the industry, who have you served, um, things like that, and then adding testimonials and kind of building um, your authority moving forward down the homepage. So do you feel like the homepage can just be like a summary of everything, like kind of like a magazine cover, like this is all my good stuff? Because if they don't go to any other page on your website, at least the homepage kind of covers your bases? Yeah, yeah. I like to have it like a, almost like a brochure of your entire business. I love that. And I, I feel like the trend of having so much content on your homepage has kind of fizzled away. Do you agree? Yes. I like to keep it, even though like when I say we have seven sections on our homepage formula, that sounds like kind of a lot. But if you look at the, the designs, I do like to keep it really clean and just get to the main point mm-hmm. of what we're trying to say. So comparing now today we're recording this at the end of 2019 the trends now compared to things that were happening a few years ago i feel like everything's gotten so much simpler and like you said there's just we have seconds to grab their attention mm-hmm. and so when we're like the the words you were saying and i was scrolling through your website and it feels like you're talking to me as a business <laughs> owner and that's great so when somebody is has a website that isn't effective, one of the things could be they're not using their customer's language. So how can they tap into their customer's language so they feel like they've hit a home run when they land on their website? Mm-hmm. So I got this idea from Angie Lee. Um, she was saying, so she'll go on her Instagram stories and she'll, you know, ask a question of like, how can I help you? What are you struggling with? or she'll go into her DMs, or she'll go into like her Facebook group, and she'll see what her clients are talking about, and then she'll start like a Google Doc. She'll literally copy and paste those people's answers into a Google Doc, and she'll go through and sees what is similar, and then she'll go in and actually use those exact sentences. I love that idea. I think that's so clever because they're doing the work for you. You don't need to be this master copywriter. And I think exactly. everyone is just so afraid to ask mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't know why they're so afraid to ask. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great hint. Um, okay. So the homepage, we got to, you know, take a look at that and follow Maria's um, seven step formula. If you need help with that, reach out to her. But what's next on the website? What is the next thing that you look for when you're, you know, if you're looking at something for a potential client, what's your next thing that you take into account? So the next thing is, is it found on Google? Like, is it optimized for for Google search? Because Google 
um, they have like they have their own algorithm, but also when someone is searching for your services, Google needs to understand that your website is relevant enough to the search for them to show it. So I'll go through someone's website and see what keywords do they have on. And typically, if you're not like a geek in SEO, <laughs> you probably don't you don't even pay attention or even know that you have to put certain keywords, but for our clients, if we start working with them, we start, we have a tool that we use and we research, you know, keywords and phrases that people are searching for. We see what's the biggest um, amount of traffic that a certain keyword gets and is e easier not to rank for. Then we'll go through their pages, specifically like service pages. So for instance, our keyword is website design company. So then I want to make sure to include it a certain amount of times on the page according to Google's formula. And it's pretty simple. So, so like I said, ours is website design company. So I want to include it one time in the header, two times in the subheader, and three times in like the text of the page. So this is the minimum amount that you need to include this keyword for Google to understand like, okay, when someone searches website design company, this website is relevant enough. That is such a great tip. Um, okay, so how do they know what kind of words to use for keywords? So there's a great tool called Ubersuggest, and basically what I like to do is first you sit down, brainstorm all of your keywords. Think about, you know, what keywords do you use to describe your services, what keywords or phrases do your customer use, just brainstorm all the different variations. And then you go into Ubersuggest, and you basically just type in these keywords and they're going to give you an overview of is this keyword popular? Like maybe per month one keyword gets 200 searches, but maybe another keyword gets 1,000 searches per month. So you're like, okay, 1,000 uh, searches per month is way more effective, so I need to use that. But I basically create a brainstorming list. I'll kind of make a note of which keywords have more searches and they also tell you, is it easier not to rank for? Because some words are competitive and others are not. So I suggest starting with the less competitive keywords. And then you make a list for like, okay, for your homepage, we'll use kind of like in a general keyword. And then for each service page, I'll use you know, a more specific keyword. Then I'll go in and plug that into each page according to the Google formula that I talked about earlier. So interesting. And I, I just heard about Uber suggest this week and then I went on and I'm like, this is so much better than the Google keyword search. Cause right? I, cannot stand <laughs> I love it. And it's like, gosh, I could like get lost in them. They have like a site audit tool. They have, um, like content suggestions. I'm like, Oh my gosh, oh, wow. I can't believe it's free. <laughs> I know I, I got into it and then I thought, you don't have time to be sitting in here, but maybe I could set aside a day because it was like so easy and like very intuitive. I felt mm -hmm. like the Google keyword search tool is not intuitive to me. I mm -hmm. need stuff like super basic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel I really like Uber suggests they make it so easy to understand for mm -hmm. everybody because if you don't know something, they'll have like a question mark next to each thing they can kind of hover over and it'll explain to you what does this mean? Like, where do you need to use it? It is so good. Yes, it is. And I, 
And I, the video that I had watched was talking about the same suggestions that you had earlier of just recording everything in like a Google doc or an Excel mm-hmm. sheet. So you kind of have a, a lay of what people are searching for. Cause again, this is what people are searching for, not your language. Like Maria's language mm-hmm. is completely higher level than my language. Cause <laughs> I'm not there and <laughs> I need help. Right. So yeah. I have to use my language. So Maria has to tap into what I am searching for. And that's why she uses tools like this. Yes. So, so they do things like, um, you know, they audit your site for keyword search or for keyword compatibility. But so how do we get started with that? How do we know if our site is not ranking in Google? How do we figure that out? Um, So you could go into Uber suggest and put in your domain and then they'll tell you like approximately how much you get from um, Google, how much traffic you're getting from Google. And then it'll show you which keywords you might be ranking for the position that you're at at each keyword, and then if anyone's clicking on your link. But um, also, do you use Google Analytics? Yes. Okay, so if you have a Google Analytics account, there's also another, you know, like a, I don't know, like a sister account, but it's mm-hmm. called Google Search Console. So if you log into that, it is so fascinating, but if you log into Google Search Console, they'll give you all of your statistics from Google search and it'll show you, you know, how many times have you showed up in Google search? How many times people actually clicked on your link? Which keyword are you showing up? I get those. I think they're monthly reports from Google and those are always super interesting. Um, one thing that I always wondered was, so let's say somebody listens to this episode and they just go all in all weekend and update their site. Do you know how long it takes for that to actually take an effect um, once you make all those adjustments? Yes. So it it does take long, so don't get discouraged. (laughs) Um, It takes about three to six months to start seeing the results start picking up, but then it's really six to 12 months for you to see the full fruit of your labor. Mm. And one suggestion that I do have is, so while you're doing these keyword searches and researching on Uber Suggest, I like to also get those keywords and, you know, see what can I turn into a blog post? What can I turn into a podcast episode? Because you're just, it tells you, don't people want to see this? I'm like, okay, let's do it. So blogging um, and constantly updating your website helps you build more authority and you'll see faster results with that as well. Okay. So let's talk about that. Um, you have a podcast and I'm assuming you put your podcast on your website um, mm-hmm. because you said constantly making changes to your website tells Google that you're still alive. So mm-hmm. it drives traffic in, in my terms anyway. Yes. Okay. So you put your podcast on your website. Is there anything else that you like to make sure you're constantly updating? Um, yeah. Either your podcast or your blog, I think that's pretty much it. That's the only thing that you want to keep active. I do like, I get really geeky and I do, uh, re-research my keywords every so often just (laughs) to make sure that they're, you know, still on top of the game. But I think podcast and blog, as long as something is updating, um, at least monthly, um, it's important for them to see like, okay, this site is still active. Mm. Okay, good. I think, um, having the website and having traffic is great. So if a person has, you know, thousands and thousands of page views coming in every month, but they're not booking clients, 
what is some red flags for that besides not using their language? What other things can you talk about? That's a great question. So we had a client recently that signed up for with us and they um, were ranking number one for their keyword for like three keywords. They're ranking number one. Mm -hmm. They were getting tons of traffic from Google. And I, I was like, how many leads do you have co contacting you? And she said, like one every few months. And I was like, what? And I, um, I looked at her website and instantly I was like, oh. And it was the design factor. They updated their website seven years ago. And the design trends seven years ago are so different than they are now. So design still, I think, plays a factor in it. So, you know, making sure you're keeping up with the design trends. I would say update your website like every two years. Um, just making small design changes because if someone goes on, the design is kind of the first impression before they even really get into the message. If your design is outdated or if it looks cluttered, some people might be like, ugh, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but if, you, like, you know the feeling that you get when you go onto a website and it just looks super, super old school? Yeah, totally. Like, I tend to not want to navigate it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, like, a bunch of ads, and yeah. you just get overwhelmed. Yeah. So um, we updated their design and, you know, made it less cluttered, made it, very like, more white space, um, had a brochure for their homepage. Because they also had, like, a very short homepage, very short pages. It was kind of just, you know, it was back in – Almost, yeah, seven years ago. What, what year is that? <laughs> 2012. Yeah, yeah. 13. So very different styles back then. Um, but now we updated. Their site just went live a couple weeks ago, and they've already started getting in way more leads than they did prior. I also feel like when websites aren't updated, people might think that they're not – there anymore and it's yeah. just like a website that's just hanging out on the internet yeah I ha I totally um have that same thoughts I'm like is this still an active company <laughs> like, <laughs> they just drop off and just left their website right they, ju they just pay for their domain and they forgot about it <laughs> yeah yeah you know because sometimes you can buy for like five ten years so it's like maybe they <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I totally get that. And I, I love the white space. I love, you know, the, the clear and concise websites. I think that's kind of the arena that we are in. And mm -hmm. I think that's, a, that's probably speaking for a lot of websites out there. Even if you look on like major brand websites, they certainly have cleaned things up and just made it very intuitive mm -hmm. and very easy to use. I mean, just like, you know, you're going, you're on Amazon, you can get what you want and then get it. There's mm -hmm. no like all these little middle pieces in there. Yeah. Um, what were some things that you did besides cleaning it up and how did you make it more effective for them? My, my audience is a lot of, we have a lot of coaches listening. Okay. So what's something that you can tell those coaches if they're not, if they're bringing in traffic and they're not getting those applications in for discovery calls, what's one thing they could do right now that would help them? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, let me think. I'm trying to think what I've done with my previous clients. So one thing that we started using recently is adding like a widget to your website where they don't have to fill out a contact form, but it's 
you get onto the website and it's like this little thing that if you hover over it, mm-hmm. you can say, um, request a callback or, you know, send a quick email or send a text to the company. Um, we've seen more conversion rates with that because it's just so easy. You do a few simple clicks and um, there's a company that we use called Callback Tracker and they have a widget on WordPress or you can, if you're using any other platform, you can put on to your site. But it just, you know, instead of scrolling down, going in the contact form and then writing out all of your like things and queries, you can just do like a simple click and it's right there. It's very pretty on your website and it's kind of like hovers on your site. So it's mm-hmm. very attractive to the eye. The other thing for coaches, which I feel like maybe people say quite often, but is freebies, right? Mm-hmm. Have when someone goes onto your homepage, having a freebie is part of our homepage formula. Something that someone can download that's going to offer them more advice so you can get them on your email list. And once they get on your email list, I would suggest, you know, not selling right away, Mm -hmm. but providing more value. Say if you have a podcast or blogs or YouTube, you can kind of point them more to get more education um, from like free coaching almost, you know, um, Mm -hmm. for them to kind of get an idea of who you are and how do you work. And then hopefully, you know, then they'll get onto your email list and onto your social media. And I feel like marketing in general is kind of like a long-term process. Mm-hmm. But I think getting someone on your freebie is key on your email list. Oh, yeah. Building your list is is so key um, because I'll have clients who will come into work with me after they've been on my list for years or join mm-hmm. my program after they've been there for years. And it's so interesting how um, – those relationships. Some people, we have impulsive clients mm-hmm. and then we have mm-hmm. clients who find you on, um, you know, on a li- on your list from something you made three years ago and you're like, oh my gosh, it took you so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, and I do want to say, I guess it does, um, it's different right for each industry. So I work with a couple industries. So the industries that have the leads coming in right away are industries that serve like a local based company. So we work mm-hmm. with a lot of like, like say roofing company or HVAC or something like that. So someone is going on Google, they're searching, they need that stuff right away. Right, right. So they'll contact them right away. But then if someone is like coaching or even, even web design, you do, there is more of like a longer period of getting someone onto your um, clientele on your client roster. So this widget that you had talked about, the callback widget, I've seen a few coaches use it. And mm-hmm. I, I, I guess, honestly, I thought, I don't want somebody to call me right now, mm-hmm. but I liked, I liked the feature. Can you just tell us a little bit more about this, how coaches could use it? Yeah. So there's one that we use called callback tracker. Yeah. Callback tracker. And so you can kind of pick and choose what you want it to show. Like if you don't want people to call you right now, oops, sorry. <laughs> I, just went on, I just went on the website just to, <laughs> but um, you can input like, um, like for them not to call you, but for you to call them back, they'll just input their number and like request a call back. Or you, if you don't want that feature at all, you can just leave it to the text messaging thread or the email thread. Um, but it's super, super easy. And you kind of can pick and choose how you want people to contact you. 
So it's almost like a Facebook Messenger kind of pop in where almost. they can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I li- I like that. I've used uh, Messenger apps where um, they could they could chat with me in Facebook Messenger. I've used those. Um, I think like a lot of times people just like want to talk to somebody when they're on your website and they just need something. So having some kind of feature, whether you're using that or um, I, I use Zendesk too, some mm-hmm. kind of a chat feature where yeah. people can just quick ask a question. Cause sometimes they'll be on your website and they'll say like, well, do you have a payment plan or, and they can just quick ask you, I think making yourself available is really important. And I think that's something that so many people miss is they don't have anywhere for somebody to contact them. Do, do mm-hmm. you see that a lot too? Yeah, I do. I do actually. It's weird. You would think <laughs> it would be the opposite. You, you really do. And one of my friends, um, she was talking about that on her Instagram stories yesterday, how uh, she's a web designer and she sees so many other web designer friends who don't have any ways to contact them. And she goes, do you hate money or something? Because I can't, <laughs> I can't get a hold of you. You have no way for me to contact you. You don't even put your area code on your phone number. And it's just funny how um, our, I think it's a lot of it. Like it's a, it's a mindset block where we're thinking, mm-hmm. I want people to, you know, buy stuff from me, but I'm not going to actually make it easy. (laughs) That's true. That's such a good point. Cause sometimes they even feel like, you know, like, Oh, I don't want to get bothered or I don't want to, but it's true. Like, do you not want to make money? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And then when people, it, it goes back to just making things easy because if it's not easy for somebody on your site, then if it, even if you go on your site, I always say practice, going on your site for the first time and see how it flows. And if it's confusing and just kind of random, then it's going to feel that just magnified for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point. Okay. So I have to ask, what's your favorite website platform to build websites on? So this is a great question. So I might surprise some people. <laughs> um, obviously WordPress is so good in so many different ways. Um, but so I like WordPress for like the SEO feature, you know, for different things like this, but for design wise, this might be like a very unpopular opinion against with people in my industry, (laughs) but for design aspects, I really like Wix. Really? Because, yeah. You're the first person who's ever said that. <laughs> I know. A lot of people, and it's maybe because it was the first platform I've ever worked with, um, and I started with them like 10 years ago, my very first website that I ever designed, so maybe they just have like my heart. <laughs> and they've changed so much throughout the years, because back back a few years back, they were a little bit, um, they weren't working as great. But right. I feel like now, like, because I'm, as, I'm a designer at heart. So I like, like to draw my clients' websites. I like to draw it out on paper first and kind of brainstorm my ideas. And then I like to go into design. And with Wix, they make it so easy for you to be able to make it look exactly how you want it to look like. When it comes with WordPress, um, if you, I mean, unless if you want to like sit and code, code it all out, which... I don't necessarily no, want to you. do. Um, you kind of are stuck with using a template, which most of them are really good. And, you know, they make it really easy, but you can't customize it. 
as much as like I would want to. <laughs> right. At least the design aspect. That's so interesting. I've never heard anybody like vouch for Wix. <laughs> I, I know. Have, I know. I'm like, like, I love, I love Squarespace. Okay. Um, but and your website is very beautiful and you built it on Wix, I'm assuming. Yes. I do. <laughs> like most of our clients, we do WordPress, um, but I still have mine on Wix, but I was able to make it look exactly to the T. I would have never guessed that it was on Wix though. Cause sometimes you go on websites and you think, Oh, I know what platform they're, yeah. they're working on. You can kind of tell. And I, I, I was actually expecting you to say Squarespace, honestly. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can't be friends now, Maria. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I always get a little nervous saying that because I feel like Wix gets a bad rap. And <laughs> Well, I think they're going to appreciate you saying that and they should like start um, putting your website out there because you've, right? it, it's so, it's so nice. And so you're doing them such a great favor. I should sell them then, this okay. episode like, hey guys, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that Wix is very SEO compatible because you're all about the SEO. And I think everyone thinks, oh, WordPress, WordPress for SEO. And I don't think that's true. I think it's like goes into the actual words you put on your site, right? <clears throat> yeah. WordPress is great because they have plugins that make it super easy for you and super easy to understand. But as far as, you know, the SEO goes, it's Wix has everything that you need. Like they have the meta titles and descriptions that people see on the back end and you input the words a certain amount of times. They're still using those keywords. Um, I've, I have not seen a problem as far as SEO goes for it not showing up, you know, more or less. So, yeah. It just depends on you how much you input into it. But Wix doesn't have like a plugin feature that really helps you as much as WordPress does with SEO. Okay. Um, but you work with clients with all website platforms, correct? Yeah, we do WordPress, Squarespace, and Wix. Okay, awesome. All right, Maria. So somebody wants to work with you. They need your help because they don't want to do any of this. They don't even want to go on to um, the Uber Suggest because it sounds <laughs> like too much. How can they find you? I'm sure Google, but yeah. give us some links so we can get started. All right. So you can find me at mbmagency.com or Maria Benz on Instagram. I'm always talking about websites and just showing my client results, giving me suggestions, but um, so you can either message me on Instagram or find me at mbmagency.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of these tips. I have a piece of paper full of notes and I'm sure I'll have to listen to this episode a couple more times to get more good stuff. You shared a lot of things, so I appreciate your generosity. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And if you or any of your listeners are like, Hey, I want to dive in deeper in this specific subject. Like, can you help me with that? Feel free to message me. I'll be more than happy to help you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I am so grateful for you. And I want to be sure you are a part of my free community. Go to dreamclientcommunity.com and join our free Facebook group. We have all kinds of cool things happening every single day, so don't miss out. 
Also, if you love downloading freebies, check out my freebie vault on my website by going to lindsaymaloney.com, selecting freebie vault, and there you can download all the things that will help you start and scale your coaching business. And if you're feeling extra generous, be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode.